Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at pctytalks at paylocity.com. On today's episode, I bring back Corinne Tyrone, Director of Government Relations at Paylocity, to talk about compliance during year-end and how best to leverage Paylocity's year-end dashboard. Corinne, thanks again for jumping on with me today to talk about some year-end things we should think about from a compliance perspective. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to kind of set the stage with uh, the fact that this year-end probably is going to look a little bit different for people than last year-end. And with it just being right around the corner and some of the compliance topics around COVID and things that came out this year, I thought maybe we could start with what are some best practices that we can suggest as people go into year-end this year? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great question, Sherry. And as you said, this is really timely because um, there's a lot of work that always needs to be done in this community before year end. And as you said, it's right around the corner. So uh, luckily, Paylocity has some great tools that can be really helpful for our clients. Uh, the first thing that I would recommend is I always advise people to consult their year end dashboard. It's a great resource for clients. You can come in there and view all of your company's year end information in one place. Um, This feature has also gotten a lot of attention from our development team over the last couple of years, so it should be easier than ever to get ready for year-end by using that tool. Um, It surfaces reminders. It shows errors that are related to missing data. It also allows you to track your year-end payroll packages if you get them by paper and to view reports. The reports are going to be especially timely now because you can go ahead and look at your W-2 previews there. It's a really great habit to get into before the year closes so that you can spot any data discrepancies or any other issues before you process that last payroll of the year. If you do that in advance, you can make any corrections needed in time to have accurate original W-2s to furnish your employees and to file to the SSA instead of needing to prepare W-2Cs later. That's such a good point. W-2Cs just can be really frustrating, frankly, Mm -hmm. um, to accomplish. You know, one of my favorite features on the year-end dashboard is the resource panel. Uh, It's amazing because it gives you a year-end guide, a year-end checklist, and a calendar with important dates and deadlines. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That uh, resource section is really valuable. And I've heard really good feedback from our clients about it. It seems to be um, an area that people get a lot of value and benefit from. Um, I uh, Another best practice, to your point, is just to, to take a look and, and call out checking to make sure that you have all of the rates and employer identification numbers you need. Um, making sure that you have the appropriate taxes set up for all of your employees, as well as verifying that you have valid social security numbers for your employees. So again, Um, These are some ways that you can avoid things like W2Cs later. These pieces of information can all be verified through that year-end dashboard. And we have a little bit of an internal joke uh, within the tax 
department um, that this should really be called the everyday dashboard because all of this information is really important all year long. But at year end, we're going to be filing all of your annual returns as well as any information returns. So it's especially critical to ensure that we have all of the information that we need in order to file accurately and timely on behalf of your organization. If you can kind of go through that cleanup process of ensuring that you have all of the relevant data, it can really help you make sure that your end filing runs smoothly and prevent any possible tax notices or the need for any future amended returns. Yeah, there's so much good information there in the dashboard to help our clients. And even if you're not a client, some of the things, Corinne, that you've already mentioned are Mm -hmm. really good pieces of information to just kind of go through and check. Um, As as those listening are trying to tackle this, where should they start? Like, what's the first thing employers should be looking at? Um, That's a great question. I I think that the best best strategy is to uh, work on any sort of um, any sort of review that you might do early. So as you mentioned, if you're not a client, you might not have a year-end dashboard, but you can look at all of this stuff um, early and make sure that you have all of the information that you need. Um, and I think it's also for our clients, if you look at that dashboard, looking at it early and often can be really helpful. And that's you know all well and good for next year. But as we've already mentioned, year-end this year is approaching really, really quickly. So what can you do today if you want to um, start moving in the right direction? And again, the best place to start is with that W-2 preview that I mentioned earlier. Um, Again, you can access that through the reports feature. And most people start just simply by reviewing demographic information. And that is a great first step. So look at the company's name, look at the FEIN address, and then the social security number, name and address of the employees. Um, following that, I would take a look at your totals. So for example, if you've cut any manual checks or if you've voided any checks, make sure that those entries are in WebPay and that they're included in your W-2 totals. Next, I would check the amounts and the placement of your earning and deduction codes. Um, If something doesn't look like it's showing up in the right spot, you can always check the mapping at that company level and you can uh, contact your account manager if you need assistance with that, or you can uh, take a look and peek for additional resources on how you can do that um, on your own if you would like to try to take a crack at it. Um, The year-to-date report and the taxable wages can be great resources for cross-checking some of that information that shows up on your W-2s, so I would always uh, take a look at that as well. You know, another area that I think people are concerned about is ACA information. Should employers still continue to check ACA information? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, So obviously, there's been a lot of change with ACA over the past several years, and it will continue to change. But as of right now, it is still required that you are um, filing your ACA information. So we we do that on your behalf if you're one of our ACA clients. Um, And I would start, again, by you can access through the dashboard, take a look at the demographic information that appears there uh, for both the employer and employee level, and make sure that each month on the line 14 of the 1095C is populated with something. Um, typically, if there is a problem, you might see one of those boxes show up as blank. So I would I would take a look at that. Uh, there are a few resources on the year-end dashboard that can help you with review. So for example, um, I think there's a tile that's called requires action, and that should surface those types of errors for your 1095Cs. So beyond 1095Cs, I think about how this year has gone and 
I mean, even Corinne, the time you and I have spent doing podcasts on FFCRA or CARES or everything related to COVID, PPP, are there changes that employers need to be aware of for year-end reporting related to those things? Yeah. So uh, there are a few things here that I would advise people to just kind of keep in mind. So specifically, there are some W-2 reporting requirements for both the FFCRA sick leave and family leave wages, as well as W-2 requirements around employees who have deferred their portion of Social Security under the August 8th presidential memorandum. Per IRS guidance on that topic, if employees have chosen to defer, those deferred amounts will not be captured on their 2020 W-2. But when they're paid back, employers will need to create a 2020 W-2C to reflect those amounts. There are still 2020 liabilities, so ultimately they're getting recorded on the 2020 W-2C, but you're not supposed to put them on there until they're actually paid back. Either way, if you are a Paylocity client, we will handle that reporting for you as well as ensure that FFCRA leave wages and deferred amounts are reported, uh, are repaid and reported properly. Okay. So let me just repeat that. So I make sure I got it right. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like if you've chosen to make that deferral, that they won't be recorded on the 2020 W-2s currently. They -hmm. will only be reported after they have been paid out. And then you will need to do a a W-2C. Correct. So, um, so thank you for making sure that I'm being I'm being clear about that. So um, if you are a current client of Paylocity or if you become a client next year and you have um, deferred amounts that need to be repaid, we will automatically help you um, set up the repayment schedule for the employment employees that need to repay. So they'll basically see in each pay period between um, you know January and the end of April that uh, additional 6.2% social security tax get uh, taken out of their paycheck and it will automatically be remitted to IRS. Now, following that, once they've hit whatever target amount of total deferral they've made, um, we would prepare a W-2C on behalf of your organization for that employee to reflect those additional 2020 social security uh, tax amounts on a W-2C. Okay, so I have a question we didn't prepare for, and it's totally okay if you don't know the answer. Um, But if those W-2Cs are being created after, let's say, you filed your taxes for this past year, has the IRS given any guidance on that yet? Um, I don't think so, but I do imagine that that will be uh, I do imagine that that will be a, an issue for some. There are a couple of kind of um, mitigating factors that I think kind of are worth calling out here. So um, first, there are very few people actually using this. A small number of individuals impacted as well as relatively small dollar amounts because um, you know it's not that much money out of each paycheck for any, any given individual and the period of time was pretty small. So um, I think that there's a degree to which, um, you know, IRS is kind of figuring it out a little bit as they as they go here because the the overall risk for any any of this is is still kind of small. Thanks for giving us that additional details. So as I kind of wrap up our call today, what are some important dates that employers need to keep in mind as they go through year end? Uh, that's a, a great question. So I would refer employers to the calendar on the year end dashboard. Um, that's a great 
place to start to take a look at anything. But offhand, uh, a few important dates to keep in mind are obviously the last day of the year. So December 31st, um, if you want to ensure timely deposits, it would be best to have all of your 2020 payrolls recorded by 6 p.m. that day, especially if you're processing um, any bonus runs that uh, might hit that 100K federal threshold for next day deposits. Um, Following that, I would also advise our employers to keep in mind uh, January 5th. So that's the last day that you can enter any corrections into WebPay before um, amended returns will be needed. Great, Corinne. Thanks for taking a couple minutes to kind of go through some things we need to keep in mind for year end. Um, And as always, as we have new compliance updates, we'll bring you back and have a discussion. Okay, great. Thank you so much for having me, Sherry.